Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Welcome back. Today we have Creatress. VR performing artist, live sculpting in the metaverse. Creatress is a VR performance artist at the intersection of virtual reality and fine art, creating experimental virtual reality and augmented reality performances that can be experienced in person and virtually using live streaming, using a VR set, a custom soundtrack, and the energy from the audience to inspire spontaneous creation. I have experienced it. I have witnessed Creatress in motion in multiple different states for different IRL events. She is the hit of the event, and people look forward to seeing her perform. She creates 3D abstract sculptures in front of live audiences with a live feed, allowing the audience to see her first person view on the screen. And then she takes the 3D creations and she mints them on the blockchain after the performances. And it's available for people to experience and collect and use as a virtual augmented reality asset. Many of these sculptures can be seen and displayed in virtual and augmented reality galleries from anywhere in the world. She has now begun to bring the magic of VR art to the kids at the nearest community school in Maui. I would like to welcome my dear friend, Courageous. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for that intro. Uh, so nice to be here with you. Yes, definitely. I wish I was in Hawaii with you. You're so lucky. I love Hawaii. <laughs> it's so good. The vibes are really good. <laughs> so do you swim like how many times a week or like put your toes in the sand? Like how's the vibes with the water? Uh, I get to the water as often as possible. Not as much as I should, definitely. But yeah, the beach is really close and we have different beaches to pick from. We got our favorite beach and then my son loves to boogie board. So it's it's been it's been nice. It's been nice. Very cool. So let's share like, where are you from? And how did you get into being an artist? And then in the specific niche of 3D sculpture and VR performance? I mean, because that's so prolific. And out of everyone in the community and the ecosystem, like you were like the it go to person and you've branded yourself in such a way and you performed at like top tier, like the creme de la creme events. And it's like you set a certain precedence for yourself. And so that's just as a friend, as an observer, as an artist, just watching someone move. It's I really admire that. So anyone tuning in and listening, it's someone like Creatress that you want to befriend and follow and watch her steps and her moves and what she does. And she really puts herself out there. So circling back around, like, where are you from? And how did that happen for you? Like, when did you realize it? Yeah. Um, well, thank you, first of all. And it's in, in terms of where I'm from, I was born in Mexico, um, Rosarito, Baja California. For everyone who doesn't, hasn't been there, it's essentially like San Diego uh, on the other side, right, of the border, right? So it's one of the closest small cities, like beach towns, right up over the border, right, the border between San Diego and, and Mexico. So I was born there. And then when I was 10 years old, we moved to San Diego. So not too far, but like a whole world of difference on the other side of the border, right? Um, I studied art there in San Diego at San Diego State. Fast forward to now, I mean, I'd always wanted to be an artist. But when I found Web3, I realized there was actually a bigger possibility that I could do that as like my full time, like 
living, you know, and actually get paid what, you know, what I'm worth. So yeah, that's kind of how I got to this point. Oh, I just real quick, not only did it seem like a shoe and fit, it seemed like a flow state, right? Like it just melded in. It was like meant to be where you were able to honor and do what you were doing with like less frustration and you were just about the work Mm -hmm. and then being able to display it in such a way because of the technology, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was very it was very natural. You know, um, the pandemic hit, you know, back in 2020. And so I was home more, uh, you know, I got laid off, I was home more, then I got introduced to Clubhouse. And so it was just like, right at that very moment when NFTs were being talked about on Clubhouse, right, like the first few rooms, and it all kind of happened very organically, I was working more on my art, because I was home, and I wasn't having to go to work as much, right, that pandemic kept us all at home. And then I was listening and learning about NFTs at the same time. And, and then right around that same time, I got a VR headset. So it all just happened like at the at a very wild uh, timing. And, and so far, it's worked out pretty well. It's been a couple of years now. Let's talk about the training and the process of the craft of what you do. Like, are there mm-hmm. certain um, softwares that you, you that you go to to play? Like I would go to Procreate or just getting like materials from a paint store. What are the materials yeah. you use? Because like getting the headset is an investment, right? It's like a thing. It's like right. you have it or you don't. It's like you go to that level. But for you, when you're building and you're creating, uh, what are some of the tools you use as a 3D sculptor and a VR performing artist? Yeah, so uh, I use I have two headsets. I started with a Meta Quest 2, um, which like you said, is an investment, it was about $400. Um, and then I had to buy these lens inserts because I, I wear glasses. So I had to buy these custom lenses that pop in there so I could see in there. And then I recently I did a performance where Meta was one of the sponsors. Yeah. So they actually gave me one of their new headsets, the MetaQuest Pro. Yeah. And I got And they let you keep it? Yeah, they let me keep it. As a gift. It's like one of the perks. Oh my God, that's so chic. I love that. Yeah, so I use that now too. Sometimes people like really worry about like, oh, the finances and how am I going to get this? But if you actually just start messy and you get into the flow of what you're getting, you're going to align to the people. And then there's going to be those extra gifts and perks that we just don't even know about where it just like takes care of itself. Totally. Right? Like the community aspect and people looking out for you. That's so cool. I love that. That's so neat. Yeah, Yeah, it was really nice of them. And so now I have both headsets. I've got, um, but you know, honestly, uh, and then outside of that, so that's the hard hardware part, right? Yeah. And then there's the the software, which is the apps that you can buy for the headset. I use Gravity Sketch. And I use that one pretty, pretty much exclusively. I have other apps like there's a Vermilion, which lets you paint, but that's a different thing. You know, I, I think of myself more as a 3D sculptor, you know, so like I could go and make a painting in the VR app, but I could also make a painting in oils. Like I have done that too. That's really not my focus right now. So I'm pretty, like I said, I'm pretty religiously on gravity sketch it does everything i needed to do for now so yeah it's about 30 bucks that's a good price that's an important good price and then do you have to like always update it like are you always updating it because i know apps you have to always update things like is, is it is it like that or is it like okay like you're good like how how is that yeah 
a, a little bit. It's a little bit like that. It's not like all the time, but you'll just log into your headset. And when you click the app, it'll be like, oh, there's a new app update. Do you want to do it now? You could say no, or you could skip it if you want. But yeah, they, yeah. they do. You do have to do the updates on there too. And the first headset that you got that you mentioned, when you make that investment and you get it, like how long do you, can you use it for the rest of your career? Like, because technology mm. moves so fast. Is it good for six months a year? Like, can you use it for the next five years? Can you add on like certain chips and things like that to like upgrade it like so when people are knowing like because some people don't make that initial purchase because they're scared that something new is going to come out so a lot of a lot of people just get it all in their head and they don't even take the chance to play because because of what I just said yeah yeah I think um I think the Meta Quest 2 that I got you know I've had it since uh 2020 in December right so it's been a full two years I expect I'll be able to use it at least another year or two Mm -hmm. um so, you know, that's like four years, but like you're saying, like technology does change. So if you want to have like yeah. the latest technology, like there's something new coming out, it seems like almost like every year, right? So, yeah, it, you know, you do have to do some research and see what, you know, what's going to be the best investment for you. But with that one, I think it's been pretty good so far. And uh, they have the most amount of apps for that headset. Like that one's got like the best app store. So that's something you have to think about too, is like if the app that you want to use on the headset that you're trying to buy. So yeah, lots of things to consider. And then the last thing I want to um, explore on this topic is if someone doesn't want to maybe spend the full price and get a brand new one, where is a place that's safe? Is it eBay or is there a specific place that sells those where maybe they could get a pre-owned one, you know, that like mm. like you use like that. So then they can maybe pay half the price and still try it w- without like feeling like they're risking a, a lot. Because that's the biggest thing for artists. You know that mm. like it's about them spending money on themselves and investing in themselves. It's just a stigma for some reason. And so the people tuning mm. in, like that's who, that's who this podcast is for. It's not for the people who already have it figured out or may who have like all this, you know, it's for the people who like maybe don't, who are stuck in those ways. So I just always think about those corners as well, you know, because I yeah. was in a situation where I was a kid when I was a DJ, you know, and if I would have been told like, oh, just go to Guitar Center and try out the gear, then I could have played and explored, you know, and but no one told me that. So I didn't think mm. to ever go to Guitar Center and just to play when I was really into DJ. But if I had like someone like you or me and hearing a podcast that shared that shed that light that it doesn't have to be so like all or nothing or black and white there's that space in between so that's why it's like things are always negotiable and just take one step and things like that so I kind of like to lead people in that gentle kind of way I like that I like that yeah I know that the meta stores now are popping up certain places. I know there's one in San Francisco. I believe there's one in LA and you can go and try the headsets there if you want to just try them out. Um, As far as re- like, you know, like secondhand ones, refurbished ones, I haven't looked into that, but I would imagine that Amazon has some and eBay probably. Um, I was looking at refurbished phones just the other day and they have them on Amazon. So I know they've got that type of thing. But yeah, I think there's probably, um there are also stores or like experiences that I've seen. So the first time I tried VR, for anyone who's never tried VR too, this is this is an interesting one. Um, I was in Vegas and there was this experience. It was like a Star Wars experience. Yeah. And so you went there and you could go with your friends and then they, you know, there was three of us, I remember, and they put us in a room. They put on this like vest, you know, that like buzzes and then like a VR headset and then you have a gun. And so you're like a stormtrooper going around. And if you got hit by like Darth Vader's people, you're like, 
thing would vibrate. So it was really like immersive. And so that was actually the first time I tried VR ever. And I know that there's a bunch of experiences like that around the world. So if anyone's interested in VR, I would suggest trying that out because it was a really cool like taste of of it. And, you know, it was maybe 20 bucks to do the experience or something. And then, you know, for some people, they may be like, why? Like, why? Like, okay, okay, try it out. Cool, cool. But like, like, why? Like, where do you see this going and growing to and it being sustainable for like a full time artist career position, business, Mm. things of that nature, like the longevity of where you're growing to your insights and visions of what you know, from the experience and education, things that you've studied for someone who maybe doesn't understand it at all. Like, um, any ideas there? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, there's just so many different things that that it can go right. Um, you know, there's like space, for example, one of the things that I tried out when I first got my VR headset was the ISS app. So there's a International Space Station app for VR, and you get the app and you can literally go around and like experience the inside of the International Space Station, you can see exactly how it looks, it even is constantly spinning around just like the real one. So like you get that sense of like non like zero gravity that the astronauts get so this is just one like tiny experience right that what's the app i'm just gonna download it right now yeah it's, it's called iss or international space station app and it would be on the oculus this is like an oculus app specifically so things like that things like you know there's experiences where you can meditate and there's like a whole guided journey where there's like someone speaking to you and then you're actually seeing visuals that match up and getting people really immersed in in meditations like that, I think have a lot of um, mental health benefits. Mm. And so the, things like that could help people in hospitals that can't move or can't leave mm-hmm. the, their rooms, but they could be immersed in these other environments. So there's so many applications um, that VR has past, you know, the initial, yeah. you know, gaming. You can literally be where you are and then you and people in VR can just come to to that person and take them, them through this whole experience without them leaving their hospital bed. Totally. Let's say it's that. Mm, yeah, that could be very exciting because I've been in, you know, elderly people's homes when I was a kid growing up when my, unfortunately, my grandpa you know, was a veteran and he went and I remember how it was like smelly yeah. and gross and those lights and it's so scary mm. to go into a hospital. So, I mean, if they brought anything like that to hospitals or care centers for elderly people to give them that color, that excitement, those experiences, yeah. I think it would enrich their souls in a massive way. So, wow, I just never even heard of that before. So thank you for yeah. sharing that. That's that's really cool. Yeah. If you ever want any support in that area or any connections and stuff like that, I definitely definitely have friends who own cancer hospitals, six on the East Coast. Wow. And so maybe we can, yeah, they're very amazing. And maybe I can introduce you and maybe we could give some kind of presentation and, and try it out in one of the hospitals or something like that. I mean, that would be freaking so cool. That's how you, yeah. you're part of the ripple effect. That's how, you know, you're all about collaboration because, you know, like you're really big into collaboration. So uh-huh. like, so am I, I'm all about collaboration. So um, let's talk about collaboration a bit. Like how, how is that for you? Yeah. What is your idea? ideal vision for collaborations and then maybe some highlights of a couple collaborations that you've done thus far? Since the the very beginning of my Web3 journey, I've been really interested in in collaborating. And and this is something that I was doing prior to this, right? So I've done 
collaborative performances in, you know, like at an art gallery with my other friends who are artists, you know, things like that, I think are just natural with artists. Um, we like to share and remix our art. Um, and so the same thing goes in Web3. Uh, one of my first collaborations, I'm trying to think, was with an artist, uh, Wilfred Lee, who's also an actor. And I met him on Clubhouse. I just remember, you know, like growing our relationship and, you know, really vibing with each other's art. And so what we created was, um, it's like an, a video called Butterfly in the Fortress. Hmm. So he created like an animated background. He created music for it. And I created a, a butterfly, like a 3D butterfly that he included in there. You know, that collaboration was minted in 2021. But just this last Miami Art Basel, um, where, you know, we got to see each other, it was featured um, in a gallery, you know, in an exhibition uh, put on by Schiller. Mm. And the thing is, it's just like, we did that collaboration back in 2021. And then for it to mm. be like kind of resurfaced yeah. and seen yeah. by so many new people, it was yeah. just so awesome. So that's kind of my goal for collaborations is to like, not just one and done, but to nurture them like over time, because not everybody, yeah. not everybody knows your old art, you know, to, to someone seeing it for the first time, it's something brand new. So I want to make yeah. sure I give love to my to my you know old collaborations and I've done so many uh I was part of this nfts for uh saving afghans back when we had that when we were fundraising for the people in Afghanistan um I've done I mean we've done some as well so like it's just been it's I have a whole running list of collaborations and and projects because I could never keep them all together but um yeah but yeah it's been really nice and I'm excited to do way more um when it comes to events when it comes to IRL. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shout out to Searchlight. They're all about empowering women creators yep. in the space. I love Searchlight, Jen Joy, like everyone on the team. And I mean, I was yeah. I, I was in like I, I was in so many international collaborations last year worldwide because of Web3 and the community. And you and I were definitely in a lot of collaborations in those same exhibitions, you know? So that yeah. that is so yeah. that is so cool. Um the important thing is showing up you know, when they have the submission and, you know, not judging yourself and just to submit a couple different things and see what they take on. And it's so earlier in the space Mm -hmm. that they're not going to be so judgmental. Like, you know, they're going to be like welcoming you, especially as a female founder, artist, creator. Like that's why I really like uh, Searchlight in that way. And there's so many opportunities, you know, which is cool. And internationally. They've been great. What are some near future IRL events you're looking forward to for 2023? Oh, there's so many. I don't have any officially that I'm that I'm saying I'm going to, but I have a lot on my wish list. So I'll tell you my wishes. All right, uh, don't hold me to it. We'll see which ones happen. I've got East Denver on my mind. Um, I <gasps> definitely want to go to Beacon. I know you were there too. We, we saw each other at Beacon as well. What do you mean we saw each other? I mean we were like there together. <laughs> I know that's what I was saying. You know, like that's another another place that we got we got to you know Yo, hang out at the con. There was like fifty of us. It was like a crew. Everyone, our energies. Everyone was like, "Yo, how do you know everyone?" Everyone like we were like rolling down the stadium with like fifty people. It was fun. It was, it was amazing. So I really want to go back there. But we started that. You and me started that. Did we? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> 
1,000. I can only, we can only hope. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I really want to perform at VCon this year, like at the official VCon, putting that out there. So we'll see. We'll see uh, if that, if we can make that happen. And then NFT NYC also is on my radar. Maybe South by Southwest. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, those are kind of. The, the top ones I'm thinking about. We were both in that exhibition last year, uh, South by Southwest, and I almost went. I was back and forth the last minute and I didn't. But it was the very first NFT exhibition all throughout South by Southwest. And like, I never went to South by Southwest, always wanting to go. And it was an mm-hmm. apropos time to go. Anyway, I didn't. I ended up going to after party in Vegas, but different. Nice. But <laughs> it was great. It was great. But the thing is, yeah, I would like to, I'll, I would like to go this year too. Well, We'll see if it happens. But did you submit, you know, to VCon, to Gary's people, to our, you're, you already did that. You're professional. You sent over your decks. You already told them. I did. I did. I emailed them. And I also submitted, like, on the official VCon application platform. And so. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, my antlers are out there. Fingers crossed. My aunt, Yeah, my <laughs> antlers are out there for you because I see you there. Thank you. Yeah, I see myself there, too. I definitely see myself. It's only two hours from New York. It's four hours from Detroit. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, nice. Yeah. So, I'm, so you're there. I think I just need to get my ticket now just so I just have it, you know? Yeah. Just so I have my, my flight anyway. Because when we went right. to Minnesota, I got it the day before and I spent $600 each way because I waited last minute. So I just, now that I know I'm going, just get the ticket. Like, anyway. Just get it. Yeah. <laughs> just get it. Totally. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. For me, um, yeah. Uh, and, and New York, if I'm here, I'm here in New York. Yeah. And then um, right. Econ and um, Art Basel. So those are the ones that are on my Basel. Those are on my radar for this year. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just I've sowed seeds with so many great people like yourself. And I just want to build and nourish these relationships yeah. and build with the people that I really respect and admire their ethics, their their morals and their goals and where they're growing to and how can I enrich and empower them, elevate myself and include them in, in what I'm doing. So that's kind of like my plan, you know, for the for 2023, what's happening right now. I love that. Nice. We've sowed seeds for sure. Yay. 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 Let's talk about a couple highlighted um, performances. I know you, you know, did NFT NYC, the launch of Rad NFT TV. I've been working with them for about a year now. They're super rad. So yeah, that was amazing. You performed there. Uh, Where are other places that you performed that were like super spectacular for you? Yeah. Well, honestly, Rad was super fun for me because that was the first time it was, uh, a nightclub and I love dancing I love electronic music so that was just like that was a big highlight so really appreciate that let's see um the other one actually during that during that trip to New York was NFT VIP and that was just like a very really cool event put on and that was at Margaritaville at their rooftop pool so that was just like a totally different environment than I'd ever been in it was really cool LED screen and then it was reflecting on the pool so it was just like I don't know it looked really really sweet and then just being in like that energy of Times Square was just I don't know it was really magical as a performer and I think the audience also enjoyed it the audience I mean there were so many people there there were a lot of people there (laughs) 
<laughs> and then Brad in the nightclub, you had your own VIP booth and like you had like over 30, 40 people there like supporting you and like you were just like running it. You were like Miss VIP running it over there. I was like, girl, what's <laughs> up? I did some videos. I wanted to get like you with the rad sign. I think I sent them to your sister. Those were like great, great contents. I was able to capture the first time I saw you perform was San Diego NFT, right? Mm-hmm. With Jess, mm-hmm. with Jess Greenwall. And she was so stoked. She's like, oh yeah, we got to go see Creatress. We got to see my friend Creatress. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's roll. And we, we <laughs> saw you perform there and that was really cool. So every situation is different, you know? Totally. And then, oh, the BFF girls, you, you did some stuff with the BFFs, right? The BFF bracelets. Oh my gosh. Yes. You're so humble. Yeah. My BFF. That's I love that. I love that event. Yeah. They're yeah. amazing. And honestly, so yeah, they hired me to do a performance during one of their holders events, right? So they do perks events, IRL. And so they had me perform there. And then, you know, what's funny is everything just comes full circle, right? Yeah. So, and then fast forward to, you know, last year in November, I got, um, I got recommended to Paris Hilton and her team to do an event for them. The thing is, she's one of, she's a founding BFF from the BFF project as well. So it's just like, it all just made sense. And I think my BFF actually even raffled off a couple of tickets to go to Paris's event to their community. So like, it, yeah, I'm a big, big my BFF fan. Um, they've, they've been really supportive. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like when all that was happening. It's it's just so cool when like you feel the energy and you're so close to and you get to observe and like watch it like grow and nourish. And that's so amazing. And then I was so proud of you and then Paris's event like oh I wish I would have went but it was it was on on 11-11 like on my birthday yeah, that's insane and she did like this whole thing I love her she's great yeah Th- yeah that's so neat and yeah and then I was like scrolling and there was like a video and I like tag you I'm like yo that's you right because like you were like the queen in this area like who else <laughs> is doing what you're doing like I do not and this is your niche right so you'll know like like for me I do collages right so there is definitely this like collage group that I just yeah. that I knew about that I found out about I just started following but that I need to like befriend them more because I do collage art so like for you in the specific area of where you're going to like how is the community of females you know and males in this area yeah I mean in VR I definitely have way more male friends that are into VR than females I don't know why maybe there's I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't know what, what it is, but we do need more women in VR. Uh-huh. But, you know, I feel like I'm part of multiple, um, multiple communities, right? So there's like the 3D artists. Yeah. There's the VR artists. There's the, there's the AR artists that are making more like filters for Instagram and like more augmented reality experiences. And then there's a the performance artist. And then I'm also kind of close to the music because the music is what inspires my art. So I feel like I'm like a little bit of like a little bit in all of them, you know? Um, and I love that. Love it. I love that. I love that. I, I love it. And now I don't feel so overwhelmed because that's it. It's like you're this, but you're an extension of this and this and this. And all the things you mentioned, I admired and I appreciate and I could collaborate. The thing that you mentioned, the thing that where I could come in is like, I have music. I have mm-hmm. sophagio healing frequencies that are attuned to certain healing frequencies. So it's like if you need oh. any any music, 15 seconds, like one mm-hmm. song is like seven minutes where you can that could be like eight pieces if they're like 30 
seconds each. Like, right. so anytime you need music and any vibe, I can make you beats all day right here. Like, I and like I can give it to you in like okay. thirty minutes. So like we could collab with that when you need music. And I work with a scientist who puts sophageal healing frequencies. He encodes them wow. uh, with sophageal healing frequencies, and we get to pick like a kid in a candy store, like which healing frequencies you want. Like six hundred thirty nine hertz for like fostering forgiveness. I see. Or like three hundred ninety six to remove guilt and fear. So based on your journey and your project and your mission of what you're doing, if you're like, oh, this would be awesome and healing in this way, like definitely collaborate with me in that way. We'd love to hear from you. Okay. I like that. I, yeah. I didn't know that you were into the, the healing uh, frequency stuff. That That's really cool. I actually, I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube about it. And, you know, sometimes you just like need something to put on, you know, to chill I've, I've definitely yeah tapped into that i'm gonna send you some just so you can vibe and listen to it okay and with that being said i would like to know because of what you just said it triggered me and because i do so much there's this back and forth about like putting myself out there and i'm like i'm gonna do it you get all gun ho and then you do it and you put yourself out there and, it, and you do it for like 10 posts and then you like go away for three months how are you consistently mm. putting things out and not getting in your own way and making sure it's more of like is it scheduling like what kind mm. of healthy boundary do you have with you, your personal and your artist to make sure if it's you or an assistant doing it for you? Because, yeah. you know, it's difficult for for people, right? Um, in ways. So I know I've struggled with it. I've had assistants do it. And then it just doesn't have that personal touch to it. So mm -hmm. it's like, you got to put that personal touch, but then maybe have them schedule. So how do you because I admire you and you I see you and you're pumping out and you pick the best remixes to put with your freaking videos <laughs> and it's like I mean how, how do you how do you do that like oh my god do you have a plan like how do you do that because I'm sure people struggle with it you hear it all the time in Twitter spaces with marketing and and, and talent yeah. they just want to focus on the art it's not like show art it's show business right <laughs> so it's the business that's yeah no it's you're you're so right and honestly thank you I I don't honestly I'm always thinking I could be doing better so how I, I don't really schedule many things to that point I, I actually don't schedule many things most times I just if I see something if I'm scrolling on Instagram because I just like everybody I scroll on Instagram almost every day at some point for a little bit if I see something that resonates I just do it right away I oh. start I start it sometimes I don't finish the whole reel but I'll save it as a draft oh so save draft and just make sure you come back to them you know um oh I don't have any like super specific plans uh, and I'm not too hard on myself, but I do think to myself, don't go more than three days without posting on, on Instagram, at least mm. when it comes to Twitter, I genuinely really enjoy being on Twitter and like catching up and seeing what people are up to. So it's very natural for me to just hop on every day, at least say GM and share at least one of my artworks, because here's the thing, you know, most artists will put out an artwork and they'll go real hard on marketing at the beginning, right up leading up to the put the, to the drop, right? Yeah. And maybe a little bit after. And after about a week or two, most artists don't keep sharing that work, whether or not it's yeah. sold. So I try as much as I can to bring back 
older artworks um, and just share them as much as I can. But there's no there's no scientific way that I have. I just, you know, when I'm inspired to make a post, I'll do it. I love it. And and I would love to share with you when I hear like uh, a song or someone mm-hmm. saying like, there's this Van Gogh thing right now. And it's like, I just save it. But if I have that intuitive yeah. hit when it's fun, do it right then and there when it's fun, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because in the past, not too many times, but in the past, I've I've spent like 45 freaking minutes and then you just shut down and you just you just don't do it at all. And it's like, I stop breathing my neck. It's like, gets tight. I stop breathing. I get overloaded, shut down. So, but no, mm-hmm. what you just said were some awesome nuggets and gems. I appreciate that being like a raw, authentic artist, going with the flow, going with that intuitive hit and then being like, yo, I'm going to say what up and be like, I'm going to share some of my art. It's like, that's how we're all connected here and people want to see your art and you want to share your art. Yeah. And um, so when you do a post like that, how do you say, how do you post the post? Because I know they have these AI generators now that can just make it for you, but I ran, I mean, there's data analysts who do it for you and that you paid to do it for you because they know how to navigate and communicate online. And people have a hard time with art of communication, especially on social media. So um, just keep it short. Here's my piece. I'm so proud. Do you put a memory to it? Like what, how do you do some, I mean, people can just go to your Twitter. It'll be in the show notes, but then they can see like your vibe of how you communicate. Um, But any tips on that? Yeah. I mean, it depends on what platform, first of all, right? I think, I think you have to think about what platform you're you're posting on and kind of tailor what you're posting to it, right? So different people act differently, react to content differently, depending on what app they're on, right? So on Twitter, it's usually a lot more text focused. I usually keep it pretty short. I almost always include a picture on my posts on Twitter. And then on Instagram, do you do hashtags? I don't do hashtags on Twitter. Yeah, I I think hashtags are kind of like a little bit outdated now on Twitter. I I don't think that many people I mean, I haven't used them in the past like couple months, I'd say prior to that, I was using them, but I haven't really noticed uh, too much. I don't know more engagement or or extra, you know, boost with with hashtags. Good to know. I'm going to try doing no hashtags. I'll let you know. Yeah. um, And then on Instagram, I've heard too that that hashtags are really not not really counting as much as they used to either. So what I do is with captions for Instagram, I usually keep it more on the short side. I I like when people go long, but I don't always want to read a long post. So I also kind of time it, you know, maybe one thing that I do try to do is when I'm posting about an artwork, I post at least three times in a row and I give different angles. Sometimes it's like, a, you know, a still image and then a reel that shows the artwork in motion. And then maybe, you know, a carousel or another reel that shows it in a different location. So depending on when it comes to caption, one of those posts will have everything about the art. It'll say how I made it. It'll have maybe, like you said, a memory. Um, maybe I'll add some hashtags there too. In the other, you know, maybe the reel, I feel like not many people read reel captions all the way. So that's where I'll keep my caption shorter for reels. So yeah, I mean, like I said, there's not a science, but there is some things that go into account. I did three today. I kept them short. Um, I did do some hashtags. And so, cause I haven't done it in like well, such a long time. And then I, I my mm-hmm. post was like, yo, is IG reel still a thing? Cause like before I'd be get like thousands and like all these views and and now it's like nothing. I'm like, I've never said the word. Oh, God, I'm going to cringe even saying it right now. Shadow band. Like, it's so mm-hmm. like, does is that even real? But I was honestly thinking, yeah. I'm like, I wanted to be like, yo, is shadow band a thing? Like, is something happening? And then and I was thinking I was doing some hashtags. Maybe I need to not do the hashtags because I heard that as well. So, yeah, good to test it out. One thing I would like to say and to conclude this and then move on. You do videos, which is great because uh, your yeah. stuff is live motion and movement. And I, nef- I definitely know on TikTok, 
they brought back carousels how for photos. Mm-hmm. However, on Instagram, it is very uh, applauded to actually when you're doing a reel instead of like photo, 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 like a carousel, yeah. it's better to do the live video. The algorithm picks that up and you naturally do that because your stuff's yeah. live motion. So yeah, I just I just definitely noticed that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely been trying to push more on reels uh, since since they implemented them. But I did hear that they are going to be adding more still images now. So like first it was all still image, then they focused on reels and now they're like, okay, fine, let's let's start boosting the images too. So it seems like now they want both. So, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. TikTok did it. Now Instagram's doing it. Yeah, it's a thing. So I saw you mention the other day your son did um, his first uh, Genesis piece on Open Edition. So his first uh, Open Edition Genesis piece. He has other pieces. Yeah. Um. So how was that process? And and because Open Editions is like the new thing, and I wanted to do it two weeks ago, and I still haven't done one. And I just want to like do one right now. Just like click it, do yeah. it, make it happen now what's holding me back? So what are holding things back for people, right? It's like you go to Manifold XYZ. It's a smart contract. It's your own contract. Like I've screenshotted enough tokens and codes of over 40 free Christmas mints I have that everyone did on the Manifold XYZ. So I have the vibes of free or like the prices. So what was your vision and strategy and your son's idea of what he wanted to do for his open edition? Well, so... You know, I let him be as creative, you know, as empowered as possible, right? So like anything that's a creative decision, I let him take uh, because, you know, this is a, a learning process for him. Um, so essentially what we did was we did a, a true open edition, which means as many editions can be minted as, as long as the time is going. So he chose to have it open for five days um, and it actually ends tomorrow. But um, yeah, so essentially he minted is it free no it's not free it's it's very close to free though it's 0.005 which is a very small fraction of an eth it's about eight to ten dollars depending on how much eth is costing, yeah right, at the time and that's what people are doing that's the vibes of what people are doing it for yeah 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 i told them that's that's kind of like you know there's a certain price range that people are doing and i let him choose and he's like okay i think like eight dollars is good you know and he thinks in dollars he, he doesn't you know the e thing is like trying to wrap his mind around um and yeah that's kind of how we did it and you know i decided to also run a giveaway uh on my page to get the word out about it because i think you know giveaways are always nice i love a giveaway i've won a lot of nfts (laughs) so yeah uh, so yeah that's what we did and you know one thing too that i really like about it is that you know to make your nft um your custom contract on manifold you do need it there's a fee right there's like a gas fee and there's multiple gas fees right so that might be something that could hold some people back so to start with you know you'll need some ETH um, I want to say he spent probably 0.02 ETH about so maybe like $50 about and that was actually a learning experience for him because like I mentioned he dropped his first NFT back in October of 2021 wait you know like almost two years ago now and he had some sales you know he had um, Nyla Hayes actually was you know as one of his collectors and she's been super supportive and so but 
since back then, we haven't really, we haven't reinvested the ETH. He likes to hold his ETH. He doesn't like to spend it much. He's only minted one or two things. And so he had ETH to invest in making his own smart contract. And I told him like, hey, this is how much you're paying. Like, here's another fee. You see it here. So he's very conscious of, you know, like earning. So what's the other fee? Um, You know, when you, okay, first you need to set your contract. That's one fee. Then you have to set the royalties your contract that's a different fee and then you create a token right which is actual nft and then that's another fee so there's like a bunch of just like little transactions that you have to pay and it's not that you're paying manifold these are just gas it's just like gas yeah. to make this official on the blockchain so what was the total for him for this one collection for five days i want to say it, it was like I, I don't know the exact number but it was maybe no more than 0. 0.02 eth so about $40. For all of it. Yeah, like I'd say like $40. That's a yeah, great not- investment. And it's awesome because it's five days. So you can really right. gear it up, pump it out five days and then do another one instead of it going like a month or a year. And it's like, like, how do musicians like sing the same freaking song all the time? Like, it's just so yeah. drives me crazy and boring. Like, how can you go and do the same thing? Like you go and like create VR art and stuff, but it's for a different energy, different crowd, different decor, right. different location. You're getting you're somewhere else in the world and yeah. the piece is different every single time like there's certain structures and yeah. fundamentals that are the same but it's still there's creativity within those structures and I think the open oh. edition is really cool because you can test the market and see what works and what doesn't work and just because if something works and what doesn't work doesn't mean it will work or won't work at another time it just depends mm-hmm. like where people were at and who saw who was exposed to your work and what the right. story was about right how it was presented and if it really struck a chord like you know with catastrophes happening the world people are like focused on other things and like it just could take a gust away same thing it's the same thing like when a tv show comes out and like paramount spends 16 million dollars on marketing and then there's like a shooting in florida and then they have to choose Mm. to pull the campaign and the tv show because it's has some similarities and it's like those Mm, things that happen in life but we but as individual artists without that support you know without that knowledge and it could really take us down so it's really important he has you as the emotional support system people can tune into the podcast listen to stories so they don't think it's like all or nothing because it can be very dramatic and you know as being an artist and the dramaticness is very exciting but also detrimental if we're not handling in the proper ways and mental wellness crisis it's important that we communicate about these things right so and just be vulnerable Mm -hmm. so like people don't feel so alone in those areas 100% and yeah and that actually that's a great point because too you know the first day after you know, we launched his, his open open edition on an, on a night at night. I remember it was a nighttime thing, you know, it was like right mm. before we went to bed and just, you know, uh, his artist name is unknown pedestrian, just put it out there too. So mm-hmm. he woke up the next morning and was like, Hey, let's check the claim page. Let's see if anybody collected it yet. And I was just like, Whoa, like it's only been like 12 hours and we haven't really posted it anywhere. So we got to like, you know, like expectations. Right. And so definitely like artists, you have to know that like the marketing can, can be definitely affects how many people buy it. It's not always like how good is the art, you know, there's also like getting it in front of people. And so, you know, day one that morning, obviously no one had bought it. And he's just like, oh, darn. Okay. And I was just like, all right, this is what we need to do. We need to put it out there more, you know? And he's just like, okay. I'm like, all right, let's, let's put out a reel. Let's put out like some tweets. And, you know, day, day two, he's just like, 
oh, came home from school, wanted to look at it, you know? And thankfully, uh, you know, he had sold seven that day and he was stoked, right? And so, but that's the thing, you know, like learning to, as an artist, accept that it takes time. Like no one, like just because you enter Web3 and you mint something, just because there's tons of people excited about Web3 doesn't mean someone's going to collect your work right away. You know, like it takes time to, to build up to that. And I think um, it's good for artists to remember that not everybody sells out like right away. Not everybody is people and it takes time. So, yeah. Well, the other thing is a couple things that I learned about marketing is, and I don't know if he did this or not, but he almost, for example, we'll just use your son for this moment. Yeah. He almost tells people about it, leaks it, talks about it. So then when it happens two or three weeks from now, they're like, where's that link? You know what I mean? And then you drop it instead of like, because a lot of people, what I used to do is like, I would Mm -hmm. secretly hoard it and do it and then surprise everyone and be like, here you go. But there wasn't that energetic buildup. So I found in marketing, even when you do like a movie, a foreign movie, you go and you announce it foreign and then you collect the money and then you make the go, go make the movie. And then same thing with the book. Like you tell everyone about the book and then you actually go write the book. Like you don't actually just like put it out. You like let people know. So, so just communicating. And and sometimes that's hard for artists too to communicate that. So I'm, I'm practicing that. So I'm, I'm recently going to say something that I'm going to be doing that I've been manifesting. And like, I'm really excited about these open editions I'm going to do. And I don't want to put this pressure on myself. I'm still finding the gameplay to figure it out, but uh, I'll keep you updated in that area. But where can we find your NFTs and see your beautiful work? Yeah, you can find me on just about any platform at Creatress Art at uh, creatressart.com just more information, links, all the things. Yeah, any of my platforms on social media, there's a link there and there's tons of work, lots of different cool things that you can check out, mainly 3D made in VR stuff, so. Very cool. And um, all of that will be in the show notes. So awesome. um, people can just go to the show notes to uh, follow you, connect with you more. Very cool. Um, as we're wrapping it up here, any last like words of wisdom? I actually have a question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But any words of wisdom? No, ask the question first. (laughs) So in the space of bots and scammers that we see in Web 2 on Instagram and stuff and being in Web 3, you know, the pumps and the dumps and the the wallet hygiene. What are some tools that you utilize and some do's and don'ts that if someone's new here and you're like, one, two, three, don't ever do this or one, two, three, make sure you do this. What are some things that you practice and do that can educate and help people for wallet hygiene to protect their assets? Yeah, I think there's a few things you can do. Definitely the the one like never do is never type in your seed phrase anywhere, like unless it's the very first time that you're logging in. But otherwise, like if you ever get prompted to type in your password or your seed phrase, just don't do it. The other thing that I like to do is I have three different wallets. I actually have more than three. And that's because one of them is for holding my assets. And that's my ledger, right? And it's, it's a physical cold wallet, right? So and that's for like my most prized possession NFTs. Uh, Then I have a wallet that I call dummy wallet. And I use that one to interact with like free mints. Because as we talked about, there were a lot of free mints uh, at the end of the year. So I use that one just in case, just in case for whatever reason. So you just keep some ETH in there to pay the gas or you just, or do you just transfer it? Do you transfer it often? Like, but you just, I... 
Because it can be annoying, right? Totally. And it's it, it can add up too if you're, you know, buying from one wallet and transferring to another, right? So I kind of just have like a few different wallets where I keep NFTs, different NFTs. So some of the most prized ones I keep in the ledger. Then I have a wallet where I mint my NFTs from. And then I have a wallet, like I said, the dummy wallet. And that one is just for like interacting with random things and, you know, getting airdrops or things like that. So that's what I would suggest is having different wallets for different things. And that way, if anything ever happens, you're not losing everything. You're just, yeah. you know, you, you only lose whatever's in that one specific wallet if you ever, you know, hopefully not. But yeah, those those are some things that I do. I definitely recommend a ledger for your most prized things. Like that's key as well. So yeah, that's what I'd say. Yeah, love that. Speaking of leisure, I was at Solana Spaces at Hudson Yards recently. Everything in that store is 50% off. You can get a ledger for 50% off at Solana Spaces at Hudson Yard. Wow. Like, yeah, it's half, it's 50% off. And I really. That's amazing need a ledger. Yeah. So I have a question also because like you mint a lot of stuff. So do you mint from those wallets where you mint from those wallets that you buy? Or how do you keep your branding in order when you're putting out all these different projects? from different wallets? Yeah, yeah. I know. You know what? I, I need to be better about that, actually. So to, to be completely honest, the wallet that I meant from, which is my creatress.eth, I also collect a lot of stuff on there. And I really need to stop doing that. But it's just that's just what I've done so far. And I'm gonna get a little bit more uh, organized. But I love all the art that I buy. So I don't mind it being seen next to the art that I make. So I like that. Yeah, yeah. I have a wallet like that, too, where it's the Chinakis one. My last name, my big brand, Chinakis. I have Chinakis.eth. But the thing is, like my birthday, you minted one. I did uh, for the community. I released Singularity and I made 111. And I did it on Zora. I did lazy minting. It was that catastrophe with OpenSea. If there was going to be residuals, not residuals, royalties. And it's like, I didn't even want to like deal with that. So I just ended up minting the song on Zora, lazy minting. I didn't do my own contract. But when I did that, I had no idea that all 111 were going to be in my wallet. Usually it says like one NFT and then it's like X and it says the amount, but they, uh, it was like 111. So it like took up so much room in my wallet, which I didn't like. So I need to like find a way to like move those out of that wallet. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Sawbet said to me earlier on, if I ever need help with branding and stuff, it's like a specialty. So going, if anyone checks it, S-A-B-E-T, going because he's into branding and marketing. So going and seeing how his collections are organized, I think that's mm-hmm. um, a good leader in the space to follow <laughs> for a better organization. Definitely. Yeah, I love how he's done. From when we're collecting and minting. Yeah, he's, he's done a great job. Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind. Just wait. Yeah. Soon enough, you know, I'll have a brand new wallet. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> word, word. So, um, yeah, as we're honing it in, um, any last words that you would like to share? Just anybody listening, just go for it. If you have a crazy idea and you, you feel passionate about it, just go for it. Someone, you know, might see it and think of it's like the coolest thing ever. And you never know. You might keep getting invited to do that really weird thing that you didn't think anyone would like, like I did, so. 
Yeah. Love that. Love that. Congratulations on being you, all your success thus far. It's an honor to be a part of your journey. Yeah. And I'm excited to keep watching you soar. So it's really, really cool. And um, yeah, you're welcome back um, anytime on the show. Uh, I started a new segment called Culture Kids. So you're definitely in the Culture Kids segment. You're definitely the vibe of Culture Kids, of who we are and what's happening in the community. Real quick, thank you so much. Shout out to Gold Tree Studios. We love you. If you have post-production of a movie, TV show, if, you know, we have new studios that just launched in Los Angeles, it has the most advanced tech for sound. Anything you can think of, there's a music production studio, a full movie theater, eight editing bays. We're fully in business for YouTubers, actors, filmmakers, people creating content. We have a thousand square foot sound stage. Yeah, there's we also have a finance department. So if you want something funded, definitely uh, look up gold, G-O-L-D, tree, T-R-E-E, studios.com um, and contact them. Say she's all over the place sent you. Also, you can like look at them up on um, Instagram and yeah, let them know that she's all over the place sent you. I'm really proud. It's my brother's new studio. So he's worked very diligently to make this happen. And he's all about the artists and, you know, dismantling that other stuff that's happening and getting really raw and real and like really helping out independent creators. So shout out Tim Shinakis. I love you so much. And thank you for supporting me. Courageous, thank you so much. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, Katie. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out.